0: and built around your schedule.
1: It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, you guys, we got to tell you about Brez Coffee Company. Made by gamers for gamers right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. No matter what your taste in coffee are, they got you covered. You like light
0: or medium roast? Try the Necro Medium, Holy Grail Light, or Stamina Boost. I like the iCast Fireball mixed flavor, which is a fireball
1: whiskey flavor. If you like dark roast, like I do, then try the Critical Dark or the cooslayer Slayer Mocha Roast.
0: Can't decide what you need for those all night gaming sessions? Why don't you try one of their specialty sample packs?
1: All roasts are made with fair-trade
0: Colombian beans. So stop buying that crappy coffee from the grocery store and head over to brezcoffeeco.com. That's B-R-E-Z-C-O-F-F-E-E-C-O.com and enter the code N-C-R at checkout for 10% off your order. Amazing! Do you like the show and you want to help support us? Do you want extra episodes every month? Do you want ad-free versions of the show? Then you should sign up over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro, and you'll get your very own RSS feed to put into whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And you'll be first in line for all extra content. So head on over and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. Programs, and welcome back to another episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show.
1: My name is Jason Robbins. And my name's Derek Diamond. Woo! It's about time. <laughs> I know. I thought you were going to send me my pink slip in the oh, mail. Oh, man. How long has it been? It's been like a month. It has been a month. I think yeah, it's been maybe a month and change. I, the last show I did was, I think, right around the middle of July. So it's and here we are <laughs> already approaching the end of August, yeah, and yeah, finally, uh finally, back, it's been a wacky and crazy month,
0: <laughs> but just so everybody knows, like the summertime's always kind of weird because of Derek's job situation, which tell everybody that people that don't know like what happens, like who you work for and what happens in the summertime.
1: So I work for the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, which is a minor league baseball team we have here in town. And the season usually runs between early April to the end of August. And on weeks that we have games, I have to work them. And those coincide with days that we do the show. So I I do want to give a shout out to Jacob, Wally, Joey, Stephanie, everyone that you filled in for me really over- this past summer and has kept the show going because I know we've had to in years past, we've recorded on like Sundays, we've recorded on Mondays so we could still have a show for that week or we might do two shows in one day. But this year has been unusually odd because you know, due to, to COVID. We weren't able to have as much help around the office as we've had in the past and specifically late July to now. So we had a homestand at the end of July. It turns out that my supervisor and our intern both get COVID. So I work, you know, I still have like the game day staff come in like directors, camera operators, and, and people like that to still come in and work the games. But as far as the actual prep, I had to do everything on my own. The downside to that was also the... Uh, Quinn Studer, who owns the Blue Wahoos, also owns a team in Wisconsin called the Beloit Snappers, and they moved into a new stadium in early August, which my supervisor was supposed to go and help, you know, like make sure the video board was working and everything is all new equipment, all new stadium, everything. Well, between him having COVID and his wife having their second child in early to mid August, he didn't feel comfortable going. So I went in his place. So I worked the homestand. Then the day after flew to Wisconsin, worked three games, flew back Friday, had the weekend to recoup, and then worked uh, 12 Blue Wahoos games in 13 days.
0: Jeez.
1: (laughs) Well, I'll I'll put an asterisk by that. So I had the, my birthday was the 18th. And I was able to have that game off and the one after I still work during the day, but having the games off were, were nice, but still for the most part, it's been, it's been nonstop work, especially these last few weeks. And I, if those who also listen to the Derek diamond experience, you know, I haven't done a traditional show in like two to three weeks because I just had, I didn't have anything in the can and I just haven't had time to do anything.
0: Yeah. It's just, man, <laughs> it's a weird year. Because, like you said, because of COVID and everything, it's just everything is so out of whack. I mean, not just your job, but just everywhere. Like yeah. everywhere is just so out of whack. Like I don't understand like how we're going to get back to normal at this point because everything is it, just bonkers.
1: It's not going to be for a while. <clears throat> I'm convinced that things won't be normal until maybe like 2023 or 2024 if i had to guess
0: yeah uh, i'm gonna say it's gonna be at least another two years before everything evens out gets back to normal and even if you know uh, and it's like especially just like fast food places like you know the grocery store like like i went to walmart a couple of weeks ago just to get groceries and there was nobody working there. I went in there, got groceries. They had maybe two people working, like um, the uh, self checkouts. You know, they have like one person working the self checkouts. They have one at each one. And that was it. I didn't see anybody else in there. I'm like, does anybody work in here right now? And so I'm it's like an empty, empty- ass store. Would just like. I wonder if I could just. Walk out with this thing of groceries right now. And, like, would anyone stop me?
1: Probably not. Probably I mean, not. If there's no one in the store. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, then no was... one can really stop you. But no, I, I noticed the same thing. You know, I, I went to Walmart the other day and there were a couple of actual like checkout lines open. But for the most part, it was, you know, one self checkout at one end of the store and mm-hmm. another on the other side. It, it's It's been, a very wild year and it, it's there's usually, you know, things that happen with, with my job specifically that you, I, I won't say that I have to fight, but there are usually like problem solving things and other stuff that pops up. But yeah. this year has just been absolutely insane. And yeah. uh, to, to as a, a programming note for everyone. Um, so there's one homestand left in the season. And that is in early September. So I'm back on the show tonight. I'll be back on next week. Then the following week after that is the last home stand of the season. So I'll be off that week. But then after that things should be back to normal. I'll be back on the show every week. So Good. again, again, I want to thank, you know, Jacob, <laughs> despite your dislike for the Sonic, the hedgehog movie, um, <laughs> Joey image, you know, I thought the show that you guys did about blizzard was, that that really hit me. That hit me. I, I listened to it on the flight, you know, on the way back home. Yeah, I was a heavy was, show to do. Like, I it, it yeah.
0: affected me a lot. Like, for the I was really affected by that show. The next, you know, few days afterwards, it took me a while to get kind of back to, you know, like get my brain right.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. And of course, you know, Wally and others that that filled in as well. I I really appreciate it. So, but I'm I'm very happy to be hmm. back it's, it's good to get back to you know some stretch of normalcy where I actually have time to <laughs> have time to myself and do this show do my show I've done I think because we're doing this on a Wednesday I've done four interviews now for my show and I've got a couple of more planned for later in the week so nice. you'll oh, we'll have uh
0: I forget <clears throat> I don't know if we did we uh, push this I, I forget I don't know if I did last week but uh Derek, um, on his Patreon, started doing uh, com- uh, watch-alongs as well, kind of like what we do here for our Patreon. And uh, me, him, and Wally did uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 1990 movie, that he released a few weeks ago. And I, I listened to it afterwards when, when you dropped it, and I was like, man, this is fun to listen to. Even, like, even if you're not watching the movie, it's still fun to listen to.
1: Well, the three of us we always have fun banter, you yeah. know, regardless of what we do, but that that was that was such a fun show to do, and it's we both share the same love for that yeah. movie so
0: and to be honest, I've seen that movie so many times that listening to it, I knew exactly what was happening as yeah. we were go as we, I was listening to it.
1: To be perfectly honest, I probably could have started the movie and maybe like a minute in, just stopped watching it. I yeah. could have played the whole thing through in my head.
0: <laughs> Me too. It's like that with Bat- with the original Batman, that movie, probably, you know, A New Hope. I could like the the first, you know, the original Star Wars trilogy. I could definitely do that. Like, I don't yeah. even need to watch the movie to do a commentary track for it. I know exactly what happens when.
1: I do want to do the the Tim Burton Batman. I want to do a watch along for that oh, yeah. sometime soon. That because especially with you know Keaton coming back, yes. and you know the Flash coming <laughs> out next year, that's one I definitely want to go back and revisit.
0: So um, this coming Monday night, um, we're going to be doing. We're going to be recording this month's uh, commentary track for Nerd Cave Retro, and the I put the poll up on the Patreon a few weeks ago. And Big Trouble in Little China won by one vote. So we get to do Derek's pick for the month. And I'm excited. I'm excited to watch that movie with you guys because I love John Carpenter. I love that movie. Anything, any John Carpenter movie you guys want to do, I'm totally in. But that's one of my favorite John Carpenter movies. Yes, sir. The check's in the mail. The check is in the mail. (laughs) (laughs) And now for something we haven't done together in a while. You want to do the news? Let's do it. This one came to us from Armez Jackson, one of our listeners, and uh, this is from Nintendolife.com. Quake is getting a remaster, and it's, it dropped on the Switch. Uh, this, article's, uh, this article came out last week. This, uh, it dropped on Thursday of last week, I think. Um, QuakeCon is having some reveals leaked ahead of time with the late... Latest seemingly emerging via an ESRB listing, an entry simply called Quake, um, including the Switch as a platform. Uh, Let's see... it was a major release from id Software in 1996 that followed on from the success of the original Doom, in some respects providing another notable advance in the company's technology and design. It is also renowned and still much love to this day for the way it revolutionized and introduced varied and fun multiplayer options, including support for the very early days of online play. Um, and I just saw on Steam that the, uh, the QuakeCon is happening, and there's this huge... Um, uh a thing you can get on um on steam right now with like, like like quake and it's got a bunch of uh i think doom on there the doom 2016 doom i think the newer doom is on there um but yeah it's like quake dropped last week and i, and I didn't even know they were doing a remake of or a remaster i played the crap out of quake back in the day did you ever play quake
1: I did not. I do remember the game very vividly. I remember hearing about it. I remember watching some gameplay of it. But it was one that I was more of a watcher than a player. Yeah. I want to throw this out there, though. I feel like, because I I see they did a QuakeCon. Is there now a con for everything? (laughs) I think so. (laughs) There's GamesCon, there's CinemaCon, QuakeCon. There needs to be a nerd cave retrocon.
0: Yeah, no kidding. We're gonna do that. Yeah. uh Pentacon this year. We're gonna have the a con little, within a con. Yeah, a con within a
1: con. Conception. I love it. Yeah. My favorite part of this entire article is the update. It just simply says it's out now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like I said. This uh, this article came out last week, but uh, but yeah, I saw when it dropped. Yeah, I think it was last Thursday that it dropped. Thursday or Friday that it dropped. And I was like, holy crap! I have to get this.
1: I'd be interested in trying it because like, games like that from that era I never really physically played. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd, I'd love to check it out. It would be
0: fun to uh, do some, not necessarily LAN parties, but if we could you know, do some online play together, that would be really fun.
1: Oh, for sure. That would be great. But our next story also comes to us from Armez Jackson and also from NintendoLife.com. WayForward's Blood Rain Betrayal Fresh Bites sinks its teeth into Switch next month. Back in June, thanks to the limited run games E3 broadcast, we learned that WayForward and publisher Ziggurat Interactive have been working on an updated version of Blood Rain Betrayal, a 2011 hack-and-slash performer that skipped Nintendo systems at the time. The new version is called Blood Rain Betrayal Fresh Bites and we now have a confirmed release date. will be launching on switch as well as pc ps4 and 5 and xbox on the 9th of september Uh, joining original developer WayFord for the remake are members of the original voice cast including the last of us part two stars laura bailey who voices rain and troy baker who voices kagan you'll be able to pick up digitally across all platforms but playstation and switch owners will also be able to grab a physical release through limited run games and it includes all new voice acting an enhanced edition, advanced controller support, a modern console release, and physical edition for PS4 and 5 and Nintendo Switch. It looks pretty cool. I never played any of the Blood Rain games. I don't know about you, but yeah, the, the style in which the style in which you know this game looks is is pretty sweet. Yeah, it's kind of
0: to me. It's got kind of that uh, Castlevania look to it. Um, you yeah. Know, the the PS the PS era Castlevania game, the PlayStation era um, of the Castlevania games. I, I've never played the Blood Rain games, but um, it looks pretty interesting. I mean, I'd like to give it a try. Hopefully, they'll have maybe like a, a demo or something I can play to see if it's something that I would want to purchase. Uh,
1: the style of game looks really cool. and It looks like something that would be up my alley. I, I'm with you. I never played. The Blood Rain games. When I think of Blood Rain, I think of that god-awful oh, god awful movie adaptation of it.
0: <laughs> Uwe Ball. <bowl. laughs>
1: you want to talk about something? I should throw in defending bad movies. Oh, we could
0: do a is whole that? panel just off of his movies.
1: Ooh, that's actually not a bad idea.
0: <laughs> Every single one of his movies is awful. <laughs> defending Uwe Ball <bowl> movies. Yes, yeah. <laughs> defending. Is it <laughs> Uwe or is it Uve? I've heard it both ways. I does it no matter? Idea? I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think whatever, it matters. Whatever,
1: whatever is the correct pronunciation, we should do the opposite. My friend Pete still
0: gives me shit to this day for making him go to the theater with me to watch House of the Dead. He brought it up again the other day. Like he's never going to let me live it down that I made him go to the theater to watch House of the Dead. I'm he'll sorry. Probably Pete. <laughs> say,
1: he'll probably do that on his deathbed. He'll just be like, you took me to see House of the Dead. <laughs>
0: And then, he boom, did say gone. something like that. Let me. I don't think I. He's because we were talking about our funerals, <laughs> and he said something like he's going to go to my funeral and tell everybody that I'm that I was an asshole because I made him go to the theater to watch <laughs> House of the Dead. <laughs> Yeah, it was way far back. I don't think I'm going to be able to find it. But it was something along those lines. I was like, dude, go for it. If that's was what's was going to make you feel better after I'm dead is to stand over my, my cold corpse and tell everybody that I was awful because I made you watch an Uwe Boll movie.
1: <laughs> he should leave you just a copy of the movie. Yeah, just put a copy of the movie
0: in the casket with me. In the casket.
1: In the casket. <laughs> uh, oh,
0: man. Uh this next story is from Nintendo Life. I don't know if you heard about this last week, but uh Grant the-, the, the um Rockstar had um rumored that they were going to be re- re- remastering um the original Grand Theft Auto games like Vice City, um yeah. San Andreas. Uh and this is from nintendolife.com. Uh last week rumors surfaced online about Rockstar Dundee remastering the Grand Theft Auto trilogy for multiple platforms including Nintendo Switch. The original Kotaku story said there was a possibility of these games arriving as early as October or November this year, but new information provided by reputable Call of Duty and Battlefield leaker Tom Henderson claims the trilogy remaster won't show up until next year. Uh, He said, I wasn't going to mention the GTA remaster trilogy because everything I've heard has been covered. The only difference is that I don't believe the launch time frame is correct sometime in 2022. Um, Apart from Henderson... Uh, VGC's Andy Robinson has also backed up the original Kotaku report about a remaster of the GTA trilogy over the past week. He said the report corroborates information VGC has recently received from its own sources, which also suggested the remasters were in development. Um, see. According to Kotaku's original story, the remaster trilogy will run on the Unreal Engine and will be a mix of new and old graphics. I would be okay with that, being able to switch back and forth between the original graphics and like updated new graphics cuz I'll tell you, San Andreas, I loved San Andreas. I played that on the original Xbox and I was addicted to that game for months and I if I could play that again with new updated graphics, please sign me up.
1: I feel that way about Vice City. See, I never played Vice City. Oh, man. Like, I'm not a huge Grand Theft Auto fan. Like, I don't dislike the franchise. I just never got into it. Yeah. Except for Vice City. I played the hell out of some Vice City. (laughs) And part of it was the, you know, the 80s setting with the soundtrack and, you know, driving around uh, Vice City listening to, like, Hall & Oates and, you know, other (laughs) bands from the 80s. And, like, like, I remember they actually released soundtracks Mm -hmm. from Vice City, and I had all of them. Because, like, I I grew up listening to music from that era. So it was, it just sucked me in. And then the game itself was a lot of fun. Like, if with this remastered trilogy, like, that would be the one that I would instantly gravitate to.
0: And that's one of the ones that I wish I could go back and play. So if they release this, I'm definitely getting this
1: 100%. 100%. Let's see. Our next story comes to us from NME.com. Sega renews trademark on trio of obscure Mega Drive and Saturn games. Sega has renewed its trademarks on a trio of classic titles that originally saw release on the Mega Drive, aka Sega Genesis and its successor, the Saturn. The trademarks are for 1993's Ranger X, 95's Crusader of Senti, and 1996's Linkle Liver Story, retained by Sega. All three games were developed by Nextech, a now-defunct Japanese studio bought by Sega in 1997. While the the three games aren't exactly household names, in particular, Linkle Liver Story, which I love that title, <laughs> never saw release outside of Japan, they may be memorable to older players. Uh, Ranger X was a running gun shooter with the player piloting a giant robot and attempting to liberate their home planet from the attacking Rahuna, uh, crusader of Sinti. Meanwhile, is sometimes referred to as Sega's attempt to take on the legend of Zelda, Mm uh, played from a similar top-down perspective as classic Zelda games. Senti followed a 14 year old Corona who must take up the sword of his late father to defend humanity from a horde of monsters. And then, let's see, uh, Linkle Liver Story only saw release on the Saturn in Japan and was an action-adventure game where the protagonist, Keech, an anthropomorphic fox girl teamed (laughs) with other forest creatures to save their world from dark forces.
0: Now, the only ones of these that I've ever heard of was Crusader of Senti. And I watched a YouTube video about this game not too long ago and got me interested in it because... Uh, like it says, it was uh, Sega's attempt at The Legend of Zelda. So it, it, I watched a video. I can't remember who it was. It might have been Friday Night Arcade did a video about it, um, or somebody like that. Um, but it, it's a lot like uh, Link to the Past. So I would be very interested in playing this if they put, um, if they remastered it and put it on the Switch. I would. That would be a day one purchase for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're going to get me with saying that it's like The Legend of Zelda, so...
0: I mean, it looks almost exactly like Legend. It plays like Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past. I mean, it's almost like (laughs) cut-and-paste Legend of Zelda, but for the Sega.
1: You know, I was actually thinking not too long ago that, you know, yes, Sonic was like Sega's attempt to make a mascot on the level of a Mario. Mm -hmm. The gameplay was different, but you get what I mean. But I, I remember... Maybe it was because I wasn't as well-versed in the Genesis. I never remembered them doing a Legend of Zelda-type game, so it's cool to hear that they actually did. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, and it looks cool. I I would suggest going on YouTube and looking up some some videos about it because it does look really fun to play and something that I think I could sink my teeth into if they did a remake of it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this next story comes from I Am The Rampage, and I was wondering if if somebody was going to drop this because I was going to actually paste this in before the show, and I saw you put this in our email at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com if you guys have any uh, questions or comments or news stories you want to drop for us. This is from digitaltrends.com. That two million dollar Super Mario Brothers auction may have been rigged. Dun dun dun. You don't say. There's actually a, a video about this by our good friend Nate, uh, Retro Gaming at RetroGamingDev, which you can go watch. I uh, retweeted it from the Nerd Cave Retro Twitter. So if you'd like to go check out that video, go ahead over there and follow the link. Uh, complete inbox retro games have been in the news a lot lately due to their sales prices. Sale prices rising. The most famous recent example is a copy of Super Mario Bros. <clears throat> for the NES selling for $2 million. In a video investigation, journalist Carl Jobst claims that the grading company WADA Games and the auction company Heritage Auctions behind these sales are artificially raising the value. You think? Um, WADA is behind the grading of previously mentioned $2 million Super Mario Brothers, a $1.56 million Super Mario 64, a one hundred fifty-six thousand dollars Super Mario Brothers three and more. Jobst states Jobst, that's a hard last name to say. Jobst states that Wada's president and CEO Denise Khan and Heritage's co-founder Jim Halperin have been working together to manipulate the market and cause retro game prices to artificially rise. Uh, he brings up the previous record holder in the video games world, a copy of Super Mario Brothers that was graded by Wada and sold for a hundred to one hundred and fifty dollars. He knows this copy was allegedly bought by Halpern, game collector Rich Leche, and Just Press Play founder Zach Grieg, or Geeg. Um, But blah, 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 goes through all this stuff. Um, And a statement sent to Digital Trends, Wada Games disputed Joe's claims. Wada Games is the trusted leader in collectible video game grading, and we're honored to play a key role in a booming industry that we are incredibly passionate about. Um, blah, 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 the, you know, boilerplate statement. We're not dirty, <laughs> but basically you go watch the videos and we all know what's happening here. This is all getting inflated. And a lot of people who who don't know anything about this stuff are going to come in, dump a ton of money. They're going to make a lot of money and then they're going to get out. And then all these people who are investing all this money thinking they're going to get rich people like us who don't have a lot of money are going to drop a ton of money on these games that are going to going to crash and burn probably in the next year or two and they're going to lose a ton of money. It's going to happen. It's going to happen.
1: Well, and let's be honest and I know you've talked about it, you know, while I've been gone, but and even the stories you know we talked about too with these games going for crazy money and we've gotten to the point now where it's like this is just stupid. Yeah. It's absolutely stupid that you would spend uh, cuz I can imagine a copy of Super Mario Brothers can't be that difficult to find. Yeah, exactly. And and you're paying just an ungodly amount of money for it. And why has <laughs> been my question, has been why. That's you you hit the nail on the head that
0: you know like a copy of Super Mario Brothers This isn't even a first print Super Mario Brothers. This is like 1987, I think like a fourth run of the game. Like there's got there's probably dozens of these that are still sealed in the package from anything from, you know, a crate being lost in a uh, a warehouse somewhere or somebody having a box of these that, you know, they picked up off a truck somewhere. You know, there's got to be dozens of these things out in the world, especially the Super Mario 64. Really? Like that game is not worth a million and a half dollars sealed. I guarantee you there's probably 10 people listening to this show right now at least that have a sealed copy of that game. Like there's that game's barely 20 years old at this point, 25 years old. And uh, it's and the things that should be worth that amount of money. Like you look at things like that that game actual game collectors like us want. You know, like the the a Nintendo a gold Nintendo World Championship uh, cart. You know, there's only like thirty of those in existence, and only like fifteen of them are are accounted for. Yeah, uh, those are worth seventy five thousand dollars a piece. Super Mario sixty four sealed in a uh, out of a straight out of a crate. No, that that game is worth two three hundred dollars tops.
1: People just have way too much money. Yeah, and where do some people have get... just have way too much money. I, I don't know. That's what I want to know. Where are people getting this money? <laughs> I don't know. Please. Maybe get... maybe we don't want to know. May we suggest
0: patreon.com slash Retro and give us some of that cheese. And we'll That's stop shedding. you. We will stop you from wasting your money on dumb shit like <laughs> a sealed Super Mario 64 for a million and a half dollars.
1: I just had an idea for a, a commercial for Patreon. What? You know this is gonna sound really bad, but you know those commercials they play with like all the sad pets and everything they try to get you to adopt a pet. Do the same thing but with these video games. Yeah. Like don't 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 spend your heart on <laughs> earn money on games that you can find at you know your local retro gaming store. Give it to people who really need it, who really matter. Yeah. Head over to (laughs) Patreon.com/slash/NerdCaveRetro.
0: I mean, it's like it's like this right here. I'm so happy that I have this 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 copy. Anybody watching on video right now, I have I'm holding up a copy of Super Mario Brothers Three, and it's the variant cover where Brothers Bros is over the hand and not above his hat. I'm never gonna sell this because this is I picked this up for forty bucks when I was in New Jersey. This I could probably turn around even ungraded. I could probably sell this for three, four hundred dollars right now. Graded, I could probably get over a grand for it. Never going to do that. This should be something that's worth you know ten grand probably because there aren't very many of these out there. I'm just going exactly. to if I say it once, I say it a thousand times. Super Mario sixty four. There's probably hundreds of those out there. That are still sealed in perfect condition. Same with the Super Mario Brothers. Like that was a that's a think a third or fourth run print. And if there's one, there's more. I guarantee you.
1: Yep. Those things
0: don't just fall out of the sky.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. But our last story also comes to us from I Am the Rampage. Rampage. Rampage! From Gizmodo.com, child-sized arcade cabinets let you force your favorite retro games on your kids, and man, I wish these things existed when I was a kid, because I would have ate these up. Tired of your kids wasting hours on games like Fortnite and PUBG? Arcade 1UP is introducing... A new line of extra small stand-up arcade cabinets letting kids as young as four years old experience the joy of retro games, minus the endless frustration thanks to updates like Super Easy Modes and Infinite Lives. Uh, Arcade 1-Up scaled-down arcade cabinets usually stand about five feet tall, allowing most adults to comfortably play them while minimizing the cabinet's footprint so it's easier to fill a room. Uh, The new junior cabinets are much smaller than that, standing just 36 inches tall and are (laughs) targeted at kids aged four to eight. But your mileage will vary depending on growth spurts. Officially available starting October 15th, the cabinet features an eight inch LCD screen paired with larger buttons and a giant ball topped eight way joystick designed to make playing games like Pac Man, Galaga, and Dig Dug easier for kids who have likely grown up playing games exclusively on a touchscreen or console gamepad. This, oh, and the stool is included. Hmm. By the way, if you if you look at the article, that's
0: for the Um, adult (laughs) that wants to sit and play it.
1: Yeah, Uh, this is really freaking cool. Oh, and they're uh, they're 280 bucks a pop. That's not
0: bad, actually. I mean, that's that's the price of a
1: console. Yeah. Man, if these were out when I was a kid, like this would have been what I asked for for Christmas. Me too. That Pac-Man machine is gorgeous. It is. It really is. I, I saw an adult sized one at the uh at Best Buy today when I uh just went browsing.
0: Yeah, I saw one on clearance at Best Buy the other day, uh Pac-Man machine and I it took everything I had to walk out of that store and not buy it cuz I love Pac I love Pac-Man in the arcade. Like, I mean, I have a Pac-Man thing back here now behind me. Yeah. Like, I love Pac-Man. I would love to have the the arcade one up Pac-Man machine. I just don't have room for it.
1: Yeah, I don't know where I would put an arcade machine if I had one. I mean, my, my dream one day is to own a legitimate, or one of my dreams, I should say, not just one, but um, have like an actual working Ninja Turtles arcade oh, machine. Yeah.
0: My dream is to have that, that sit down cocktail uh, Miss Pac Man machine.
1: Yeah.
0: I want one. That of would those be a good so one bad. too. I used to have one yeah. at the uh, the pizza restaurant I worked at as a teenager. Uh, the same place that we had the uh, the Mortal Kombat Two machine, um, mm-hmm. but right in the middle of the restaurant, there was a sit down cocktail Pac Man Miss Pac Man machine. Oh man, I used to play that thing every single day. That's where most of my paycheck went <laughs> I was playing Mortal <laughs> Kombat Two and Miss Pac Man on my breaks at work.
1: I mean, you, there are worse things you could spend your money on.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Uh, are you ready to go into this month in video game history? Yes, Knock sir. That one out. On August sixth of nineteen eighty-six, Nintendo releases Metroid by Makoto Kano, the first in the Metroid series. I mean, who hasn't heard or played Metroid before?
1: I threw this in there because I'm not—I can't remember if you've talked about it or not. But you know, Metroid is now 35 years old. Don't remind me. Which is me. crazy. Which is crazy. <laughs> I mean, the same thing happened with with Zelda. So, um, yeah, I mean, Metroid. Funny enough, I was going through a lot of my um, my old belongings because I'm kind of revamping how my studio looks and everything. Mm-hmm. And I found this uh, portrait or a, a drawing, I should say of samus as styled in metroid prime that i bought at a convention back in 2013 wow that i have to send you a picture of it but it it looks really cool i guess one that i want to eventually you know get framed and possibly hang up in here but you know metroid i think still hasn't really gotten the credit that it deserves as far as being one of those iconic nintendo franchises because you know outside of metroid prime I feel like that franchise hasn't been as relevant well, in the last. Nintendo you know, doesn't give it the love
0: that it needs.
1: It, no, you're right. You're I mean, right. I mean, I, I know we have the, I can't remember the name of it, but we have a, a Metroid game coming.
0: Yeah, and I'm really but, excited for that.
1: Yeah, I am too. I, I do wish they would make another first person shooter yeah. type Metroid because I, I thought it transitioned very well.
0: They need to make it dark and scary. And what Metroid needs to be.
1: And then do a Metroid movie. I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah. Hey, Katie
1: Sackoff already says she wants to be Samus Aaron. Uh, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think <laughs> she'd be good. On August 29th, 1989, NEC's PC engine released in North America as the TurboGraphics 16. And I forgot about that until I you know, was coming up with everything to, to post in our Google Doc, and I was like, holy crap, I forgot about that.
0: Yeah, I, I can't believe the TurboGrafx-16 came out in 89. I could have swore it was like 91 when it came out, like right around the time of the Super Nintendo.
1: Yeah, I for some reason, I thought it was farther back than that. I was thinking like 87.
0: Yeah, uh, no,
1: I don't know. But, I mean, the fact that, you know, it's... 16 bit. And shout it out makes, to Blade 7
0: sense. who sent us that uh TurboGrafx 16 mini last year. Yeah,
1: I I need to break that out again and and play some games from it cuz I I've I've been dabbling into several games but I haven't really been extensively playing one other than what I'm reviewing tonight. But like I've been playing a little bit of Skyward Sword, a little bit of Kirby's Dream Land 3. So the TurboGrafx 16 I need to dive back into.
0: Yeah. Uh, Let's see. August 23rd of 1991, Nintendo releases Super Mario World and F-Zero along with the Super Nintendo Entertainment System in North America. Super Mario World was the original pack-in game for the SNES. The game introduces Yoshi to the Mario series. Oh, man. I still... That's one of my greatest gaming memories is that Christmas. Like, I know I've told this story before on this show. I got Final Fight... And uh, F Zero the night before Christmas, because we did Christmas at my grandma's house on Christmas Eve and got presents there. And then, of course, opened my parents' presents on Christmas morning. So my grandparents got me Final Fight and F Zero for the Super Nintendo. And I guess they were okay with me, you know, like getting spoiled on what I was getting for Christmas Day because I was just. Oh my god, I could not sleep that night waiting for Christmas morning to come so I could open the Super Nintendo.
1: Yeah, I I got the Super Nintendo as a late birthday gift. And I remember opening it and just instantly plugging in Mario World and just being blown away by how bright and colorful (laughs) everything was. I thought the addition of Yoshi was great. I just remember, like, wasting no time in plugging it in and playing it. Like, it it was, and it's still to this day my favorite video game console of all time because when I think of m- most of my fond video game memories from my childhood, they usually involve the Super Nintendo. Yeah. You know, Mario World, Link to the Past, all the great RPGs that came out for it. And it's crazy to think that, you know, this system is now 30 years old. I oh. know.
0: <laughs> And nothing, there's no greater sound in video games than when you turn on Super, like, hit the power button on the Super Nintendo and you've got Super Mario World in in there and you hear that, ba Yep. Like, that's the most iconic video game sound of all time to me.
1: I recently did another playthrough of Mario World, and same thing. When I heard that ding, and then the, I
0: was like, man,
1: it just it took me back to sitting in the living room, mm-hmm. you know, at the first house I lived in, playing Mario World.
0: Instantly, just a kid again. Like every yep. time I hear it, it brings me back to that Christmas morning. Yep. Every time, absolutely.
1: On August 2nd of 1994, Shiny Entertainment releases Earthworm Jim. I need to play the sequel that game is so to this hard. game. It, <laughs> it is. like, is. Don't get me wrong. I love that universe. I love how crazy and wacky it is. But man, that game is hard. <laughs> I've never played the sequel. Eventually, I'm going to. But if it's anything like the first one, I will probably have a beverage with me.
0: Yeah, I remember I rented the first one for the Super Nintendo and it was one of those controller throwing experiences. Like It's so yep. hard. Like it's punishing. That game is punishingly hard. Yep. Uh August 2nd of 1995, SMD releases Comic Zone for the Sega Genesis, beat 'em up game heavily inspired by comic books. I did a review of this. Uh, a mm-hmm. few months back, and you can go back and listen to that episode. I like that game a lot. My only problem is you get one life, and that's it. It's like real life. you got to try to beat that game in one life.
1: <laughs> Visually, it's a cool-looking game, though. I haven't played it yet, but it looks fun despite only having one life, and it it just looks like a a universe that I would just like dive headfirst into and
0: love. It's such a cool concept that's never been done again. It's like you're actually playing a comic book because you're going Mm -hmm. panel by panel. And it's it's such a good game. I really wish they would do... give, Give me that same version of the game, like a remaster of it. I don't even need a remaster. Just give me that game again, but give me uh you know multiple lives or some kind of a cheat code for infinite lives because there's no cheat codes for that game i tried to look up cheat codes there's none Mother's Day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones Blue Nile has something she'll adore need it fast most items can ship overnight Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to Bluenile.com. That's Bluenile.com.
1: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? On August 25th, 1997, Rare releases GoldenEye 007 for the N64. Not just one of the best N64 games, one of the best video games of all time. And I will say that because (laughs) it has one of the best multiplayers, probably outside of Halo, my favorite multiplayer game to play.
0: A lot of fun playing that game. A lot of good memories playing that game. Did you see... The 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 tweet that I retweeted today, uh, uh, the cat the caption I put on it was, "If I can't unsee it now, neither can you." And I never noticed this until now. Go look at the box art for for um, Goldeneye for N64, and look at um, Pierce Brosnan's face, and tell me what's wrong with it. You can't once you see it, you can't unsee it.
1: Let's see. Let me pull it up here.
0: You're going to see it.
1: All
0: right, take a good, close look at Pierce Brosnan's
1: face. I'm doing like a... Oh, it's not letting me zoom in. Come on.
0: All right, if you look closely, you'll see that he's holding the gun kind of right here in front of his face, and they Mm -hmm. Photoshopped this part of his face over... So it looks like his face does this, and it like goes way out here, and then it comes back in.
1: Oh my god, you're right.
0: <laughs> you can't... Like, who did that? How did that get passed? <laughs> How did that get approved? Shit.
1: <laughs> I never noticed it until now. Out of all the times I've played this game, I've never noticed that before.
0: You can't, now you see it, you can't unsee it.
1: Oh, man. It's so weird. That's Well, (laughs) despite that, it is one of the best video games ever made. I'll agree. Maybe not so great a job on the cover art, but but not everything's
0: perfect. Uh, For our last two, in August of 2000, Ubisoft acquires Red Storm Entertainment, most famously known for developing the Tom Clancy series. Uh, I never played too many of the. Uh, I did play the. I think whatever Splinter Cell was on the original Xbox, I played for a little while. But I'm not a fan of stealth games.
1: Yeah, I remember the Tom Clancy games being advertised a lot on TV. Mm-hmm. But i I was just never drawn to them. Yeah. So I never really knew anybody that played them either. I mean yeah. they they were popular, but like I personally never knew anybody who played them.
0: Yeah, it was that the Splinter Cell game that I played was fun for a little while, but the 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 whole stealth genre of gameplay is just not not my bag. I I'm not a like even like with uh, you know playing like World of Warcraft, like I I could never play like a a rogue or anything that that requires yeah. stealth because I'm just more of a I'm more of a you know like a a thing or a, a Hulk style <laughs> player. Where I'm just like the run in, smash <laughs> like that kind of a player. I I don't have stealth in me at all.
1: So you're you're similar to Leroy Jenkins.
0: Yeah, I'm a Leroy Jenkins all <laughs> the time. No matter what kind of game it is, I'm just I'm just gonna run in. If I die, I die. You know that kind of thing.
1: Uh, that's fantastic. Uh, to, to close us out for this month in video game history, on August twenty eighth, 2000, Mario Tennis is released for the N64 in North America. And the reason why this game is pretty notable is that it featured the debut of a cult favorite character in the Mario universe, Waluigi. 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 And <laughs> to this day, he is still one of the most popular character requests for the Smash Brothers series. Oh, yeah. They still haven't put him in Smash Brothers. He's an assist trophy, but he's not an actual uh, like playable character. So. Well,
0: it's been a while since we've done uh, This Month in Video Game History, and now what we usually do is we do... We, I let Derek do the shout-outs.
1: Yeah, so as always, I'd like to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout out Xblade07, Daniel Salmon, John Jekyll, AKA Mixmaster, Hand Solo, Carlos Longoria, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Tyler Watson, Brandon Rutledge, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Randy Bailey, Joey Image, and Ron Johnson. Thank you all so much for your continued contributions to the show. And as Jason mentioned, we'll be doing our commentary track that you, the Patreon subscribers, voted for. We'll be watching Big Trouble in Little China. I, I like when the Patreon yeah. subscribers vote on what we do. It just takes the choice completely yeah. out of our hands.
0: <laughs> it's all in the reflexes. <laughs> yeah. So, because
1: otherwise, like, I would just make really horrible choices that Jason and Wally wouldn't want to do. So, uh, yes, yeah, I already if you made you guys to-
0: watch one horrible movie you guys will never forgive me for. So. <laughs>
1: Uh, I but despite how bad the movies are, I still have a blast doing the commentary tracks. Sometimes the worst movies make for the best commentary tracks.
0: Hell, I like so, doing the uh, the the single episode stuff that we do too. Yeah, those are always fun.
1: We got to throw in some uh, original Ninja Turtles animated series. I know for that. And I want to torture Wally with a Silverhawks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but if you want to be a part of our awesome community just head over to patreon.com slash podcast and for new patrons uh, just send us your social media either on twitter facebook or email so we can give you a proper shout out and
0: tonight derek's talking about Game, even though I've never played it before,
1: yeah. The music from the Crash Bandicoot games is pretty underrated. I I found myself, you know, like when the remastered edition came out a couple of years ago, someone or like multiple YouTube channels posted the full soundtrack, yeah. And I would go through and just listen because I wanted to hear how each track sounded compared to the original, and some of them are better, but the 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 music and uh, that encompasses all the Crash Bandicoot games. Definitely it's, has that it's, late it's
0: '90s, good. early 2000s video game music feel to it. Like it's it's very jaunty and just like you know, very like islandy. <laughs> if that makes absolutely. Sense.
1: Yeah. So the game I'm reviewing tonight is, uh, I guess, closing out the Crash Bandicoot trilogy with Crash Bandicoot Warped is a 1998 platform game developed by Naughty Dog and published by Sony Computer Entertainment for the PlayStation. It's the third game in the Crash Bandicoot series following Crash Bandicoot 2 Cortex Strikes Back, which I think I've briefly explained a little bit of my knowledge and history of Crash Bandicoot. Many years ago when I was a kid, we had a hurricane hit here uh, named Hurricane Aaron that wiped out power through most of the town that I lived in. My uncle's house, which was not too far from me, had power. So I went to stay with him for a couple of nights. And I remember he had a PlayStation. I did not have one of those. And he had a copy of Crash Bandicoot 2. And that was my introduction to that series. And then I played Warped, I didn't go back and play the first one until years later but the sequels stood out to me more so than the original because as I've talked about numerous times on the show I love when sequels take the foundation that was laid by the original and they add new elements to it that just give it kind of a a fresh feel you know that it's not exactly the same thing as as the previous one Yeah Well that happened with 2 and the same thing definitely happens with the third one because you actually get things like there are new things for you to collect. Uh, So the primary objective of the game, uh, it takes place immediately after the second game, after you destroy Dr. Neo Cortex, who's the primary villain of the series. Uh, You destroy his space station and he, along with the station uh, crashed to earth. Well, the station crashes into this ancient temple which releases the um, evil entity known as Uka-Uka, who's the twin brother of the mask that helps you, you know, throughout the game, Aku-Aku. And he's basically, you, you find out he's been the mastermind behind everything. Like Cortex has been working for him since the very beginning. The crystals that you collect as well as the gems that you collect through the different worlds in the second game are lost. So Uka Uka's solution is he enlists the help of Dr. Nefarious Tropy to build a time machine where they can go to different points in history and recollect the crystals and the gems so that they have them for themselves to harness their power and take over the world. The objective for this game is to go into said time machine. So basically it's it's like the hub world basically is this time machine and they have it has five different branches that you go into so you go to one branch you go through five levels and try to collect a crystal a gem sometimes two Uh, usually like you there are mostly clear colored gems but there are also colored ones that you find that will help you find other gems like you can go back to previous levels. And use those gems to go through areas that you couldn't before, hmm. to get other gems. And then at the end of each hub world that you go through, there's a boss fight. Once you defeat the boss, you get a power up that will help you throughout the game. So, like you get uh, a double jump, you get um, shoot like shoes that help you run faster. Um, you get things like a one of Crash's abilities is you jump up. And he slams his entire body on the ground that helps you break objects that you couldn't before. Well, you get like a powered up version of that? So that adds cool little layers to the crash bandicoot experience.
0: yeah, because I never played anything other than the first one. I played the first one back then because uh, I had a roommate who had the the original PlayStation. This was around ninety seven or ninety eight. And I played the first game, but I never played anything beyond that. I think the only other PlayStation games I really played were like, um, of course, Resident Evil 2, um, the um, Twisted Metal, those games, things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't really get too far into the later games of the original PlayStation.
1: Well, I think, you know, because at at the time when I was introduced to Crash Bandicoot, I was hardcore into... Mario, Sonic, like those mascot type characters. Yeah. And Crash was. It was more similar to Mario than it was to Sonic, but it was different enough that I didn't feel like I was playing a knockoff of a Mario game. Yeah. So that that's why, like, I, I, I would put Crash still beneath Mario and Sonic as far as, like, my enjoyment, as well as you just when it comes to video game character standings in history, like to me, Mario is in a tier all his own.
0: Well, it wasn't for yeah. lack of trying because they, this was, they, yeah. this was around the time they were doing those hardcore, like making fun of Nintendo commercials.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah. They, they definitely tried, but I, I do feel like the crash bandicoot games though. Those original three uh, are still pretty fun to go back and play. And I, it's reminds me of, probably my favorite era in gaming was the late 90s, early 2000s. Like that Super Nintendo into the PlayStation and N64 era is, you know, a, a time that that I cherish. Like that's the era I think of when I think of video games. Yeah. Uh, but uh, kind of going back to Crash Bandicoot Warped, another cool thing about this game specifically, and it, they dialed into it a little bit with the second one, but... In the first game, you pretty much just start at a starting point of a level and your objective is to make it to the end while breaking all the the crates that are in that world. In this one, you don't just run through levels. like there's a nice variety of levels like you have um, some that are set in medieval times, some that are set in the prehistoric era, um, some that are futuristic, some that are in like, you know, in Asia, Japan, Um, the Ice Ages, so there's a cool variety of setting but you also can go through levels in different ways so there's some where you actually like say ride a motorcycle and you have to race these carts so it's almost like a little bit of a Mario Kart twist and the way you get the crystal is you have to come in first place Yeah. there's also ones where you play as Crash Bandicoot's sister Coco (laughs) where she rides a, a tiger from one point to another she also um there's jet ski levels as well where she rides a jet ski and you have to break the crates and find the crystals you know usually they're around like an island type setting so that oh and also um you also fly a plane at specific points i believe in this game as well so uh cool cool little mix up of objectives and you know ways to get the crystals so this one going back and playing it because i hadn't played the third one in in a long time i had a lot of fun going back and playing this like it was much better than i remembered
0: so uh, is this a was this a remaster that you played or anything didn't they remaster all these games
1: just recently so they released the insane trilogy originally for the playstation i think in 2017 okay and they play they released it for the switch in 18 or 19 i can't remember but i i did kind of a mix of both like i i did play cuz i i have a copy of all three of the original games along with the ps2 i played a little bit on the original playstation but for the most part i did play through the the remastered version okay but i mean that the game itself is is practically the same it's just yeah you know the graphics are just well, this world's was... better. Like, God, the, the third game looks so much better than the first one. Yeah. <laughs> because that first one, I, and I remember talking about it when I reviewed the first one, it was rough to go back and play. Yeah. Well, even it still, bad. I
0: mean, th- this, was, this was Naughty Dog. Like, this was top of the line at the time. Even though it looks bad to us now, this was the best that those yep. graphics looked at the time.
1: Absolutely and it didn't this game specifically it didn't deter me too much i more so played the remastered version because of the convenience of just playing it on the switch you know i can sit on my couch i can lay in my bed yeah and play essentially <clears throat> the same game so that that's ultimately why i made that decision but either way i i had a lot of fun going back and playing this and i have played the new one because there there is a true crash bandicoot 4 that's out now called it's about time which i know we've talked about a little bit i i've played it a little bit not enough to do a review on it but it is a game that i'm going to review whenever i do complete it even though it's not technically a retro game it's a continuation of a retro series so yeah. i i feel like that warrants it but a uh, really fun game uh as i mentioned i like the the variety of settings i like the new characters some of the new villains were pretty cool um i thought the voice acting was actually pretty good for <laughs> a game of that type and of that era yeah it, it was it was fun to to go back and play
0: well i would definitely say if you're uh, if you're curious and you never got to play games from this era, era say you're a little bit too young or whatever I would definitely say these are the games to go back and play, especially like with the remastered versions of everything. It's like you know, like I said, this was probably this was the best at the time. I mean, even though this was young naughty dog, you know, this is the these are the people that went on to make, you know, Uncharted. So they have a long pedigree of making really good looking games and good playing games. And I still remember even back in the day, even though it was hard, you know, Crash Bandicoot was still a fun game to play, you know. And mm-hmm. and like if I was playing Uncharted 4 and in Uncharted 4, you go back and you actually play the original Crash Bandicoot. I was like, man, this takes me back. Like this was a lot of fun back in the day to play.
1: Yeah, I haven't played that Uncharted game, but I've watched the YouTube yeah. clip of that and it's. <laughs> I thought it was really cool that they did that. Yeah,
0: complete shout out to like their younger selves. Like this is where we started, this is where we are now. And yeah, that was really cool.
1: It, it's it's really cool to have seen the evolution of that company. Oh yeah, from where they came from to where they are now is incredible.
0: I'm just wondering what un, what they're working on now, because they're not doing any more Uncharted that I know of. What are they working on? (laughs) Who knows? I don't know. They haven't announced anything. Like, I'm just really like, what are you guys doing? Because Uncharted's great. If you've never played the Uncharted series, that's worth getting a PlayStation alone just to go back and play all the old Uncharted games.
1: Yeah. So I'm trying to remember what score I gave... Crash Bandicoot 2, because it's been a while since yeah, I, I reviewed remember. it. I'm pretty sure it was high. Yeah, I would put this like maybe half a point below Crash Bandicoot 2. And I, part of that, I think, has to deal with like 2 was the first one that I played, but mm. I also, I, I like the storyline as well as the level design more in that game. So uh, I would, I'd give this game probably a solid solid eight.
0: Yeah. Okay. I like
1: guess it's, it's, it's a, it's a really fun game. And for those who might be skeptical on the crash bandicoot series, I think the, the remastered trilogy is worth it for games two and three alone. Yeah. And it even makes one more enjoyable. So I would recommend if you want to play crash bandicoot, definitely get the remastered version.
0: Yeah, always get the remastered version. Yeah, <laughs>
1: but yeah, I I had a lot of fun going back and playing Crash Bandicoot Warped again.
0: I still have to go back and play these. As soon as I get some time, I'm going to get that insane trilogy and go back and play play because I'm in, interested in playing two and three, especially after you reviewed two. It's like, man, I really need to go back and play it because I never played it. Uh, I played the first one and that was it.
1: Yeah, no, they're 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 good games. I think you'd like them.
0: Yeah. Um, next week, I am finally, after a month and a half of teasing it, I am finally going to review Lost Vikings. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, I, and I've tried, I tried to play and and stream the original Final Fantasy for the NES, and I told everyone on Discord. I'm throwing in the towel because I can't <laughs> I don't have the will to keep going. There's there's way too much grinding. There's way too many random encounters. I don't know what to do or where to go, so I'm not giving up on Final Fantasy. I really want to give it a shot. So I told everybody in the, in our Discord to please point me in the direction of a Final Fantasy game that is not centered around grinding or random encounters and I will play it. So I got a couple of suggestions in in, the, in our Discord, so I'm going to look into it and I'm going to play a Final Fantasy game, but as far as the original NES one, it's I mean if you're into that kind of gameplay, like I enjoyed the original Dragon Warrior when I was a kid because of course I got it for free when I, you know, r- renewed my subscription to Nintendo Power. And they gave you a, a strategy walkthrough guide with it, so you know all you had to do was read the guide, and that took you through the whole game. Um, so I was okay with that game, you know, and the random encounters and all that kind of stuff. But man, trying to play Final Fantasy or, for the NES is just not not my thing. So I'm not even gonna like my mini review is if you're into that, it's all yours. <laughs> you don't you can have mine. I don't want it. I don't want to play it. I'm done. But
1: I give you credit for trying.
0: I try. I really did try. I gave that game about three and a half hours of my time until I finally just... I just had to throw in the towel. I couldn't do it anymore. This is not my speed, not my type of game. I couldn't do it. I can't do it anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've never played the original one, so I can't really comment on that. I mean, the the ones I have played have have been pretty good. i played final fantasy three, which I believe I reviewed some time ago. And you did uh, the,
0: what was the one mystic or something like that? Mystic
1: quest. Mystic quest. Yeah. Yep. So they're, they're not bad. I just, I can't get into them. Like, you know, so many other people have.
0: Yeah. There's like 700 final fantasy games. There's gotta be one that I can tolerate. (laughs) There has to be statistically speaking there has to be one that i can tolerate and you know i know we make fun of final fantasy here on the show we mostly do it just to rile up rile up people i really don't have any hatred for final fantasy i make fun of its its number convention but it's just it's one of those franchises i just can't get into it it's not my if it's your thing hey more power to you but i'll give it a try I gave the first one a real... I really did give it a try. But if there's one out there you think I might be able to latch on to, please suggest it. Because I would love to play one that I could really get into. But man, you give me something with grinding and... Especially just just the random encounters alone. I'm out. I don't want to do that. Yeah. But that's all I got to say about Final Fantasy.
1: (laughs) I, I get it, though. I totally get it. Yeah,
0: so next week is Lost Vikings, and uh, I got a couple other games in the pipe that I've been playing uh, that I'm going to review. I, got, I downloaded a really cool retro-style game for the Switch that just dropped. Um, and I <coughs> don't want to say the name of it yet, but I'm going to try to get a hold of the company, see if they'll give me a couple of uh, uh, couple of codes to give away. Because this game, I've been playing it the last couple nights. It's what Legend of Zelda 2 should have been. Hmm. So... Yeah. I'll let you know after the show. I'll I'll, okay. I'll let you know.
1: You you have my attention, sir. Yes.
0: But uh, <laughs> that's going to do it for this week. Anything you want to uh, what's what's up with the Derek Diamond experience before we leave tonight?
1: Yes, yeah, so Derek Diamond Experience is back this week. I actually have a pretty jam-packed show. Uh did monthly top 5 list this month is top 5 movies from the 2000s, which I had several people tell me that this was the hardest list I've ever put out.
0: I think so because I didn't, I couldn't think really think of anything. But then once I started thinking of movies, I was like, oh, I forgot about this movie. Oh, this movie too. And then like next thing I know, I've got like fifteen movies that I, I love from the two thousand. I really didn't think there were too many that I liked from from like two thousand to two thousand and ten. But when you really go back and look, there were a lot of good movies.
1: Oh yeah, and ranging from like, com like the comic book movies alone. Yeah. <laughs> And then you throw in, you know, the the great comedies from especially the early 2000s,
0: like there were movies like I I didn't even add to my list. But like Anchorman is still like one of my favorite comedies of all time.
1: Yeah. Anchorman was was on mine. Like that that was one I remember the first time I watched it. There were moments I was laughing so hard I couldn't breathe.
0: (laughs) I mean, we used to quote that movie to each other like back in the mid two thousands, like when I worked at like restaurants and stuff that we would just quote that movie at one another, you know, yeah. at, at everybody would just quote it all day, every day.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You had to, <laughs> but uh, I also chat with um, actress and producer, Sarah Randall hunt about her new web series, stupid Cupid. And she get actually gives a really nice in-depth look at the business side of film that I don't think is really talked about all that much. So uh it's pretty informative chat and then funny enough, so I had recorded everything for the show and had it set to to upload and then the trailer for no way Home dropped <laughs> and I was like, do I wait a week or do I re-record the outro do so I re-recorded yeah. the outro so you'll the show will end with me giving my breakdown of the no way home trailer which, awesome man I I don't know. There's not going to be a whole lot that I'm going to have to live for after that movie comes out. If, if no what kidding. I think happens, happens.
0: <laughs> I mean, Shang-Chi comes out. What? Like next month. Uh yeah, Ghostbusters. A couple of weeks. Ghostbusters drops in uh, what, November. Early November. Uh, we got Spider-Man coming out in December. Dude, like the movie. <laughs> I just watched Suicide Squad the other day. Finally got to watch the Suicide Squad. Dude, it's, literally up there probably in I've seen it once and it's already one of my favorite movies of all time
1: like hands down it's they made the right decision by getting James Gunn to make that movie because I don't think anyone else could have done it that way but him when
0: it comes to an ensemble movie comic book movie he's your dude because he just adds they should
1: get him to do X-Men yeah
0: yes (laughs) yes like, that's a no-brainer.
1: That is a no-brainer. Just give him, like, I know he said he wasn't going to do any more Marvel movies after Guardians 3, but if I'm Marvel, I just drive the bank truck yeah. to his house and be like, here, please do X-Men. Yeah,
0: just drive the Brinks truck up to his house and just open the back door and just start shoving money out into his front yard and be like, please, do a X uh, X-Men movie for us.
1: So, yeah, pretty jam packed show on the Derek Diamond experience this week. Uh, and if you want to follow me on social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Diamond Podcast.
0: And on Open Mikers, uh, my other podcast, Open Mikers. Last week, we talked to uh, Ryan Neemiller, who you might know from America's Got Talent. Uh, we talked to him last week. He's known as, he calls himself the Cripple Threat <laughs> at Cripple Threat on Twitter. Go follow him. Go listen to the show. Awesome dude to He was to. great, by the way. Yeah, and uh, this week we uh, we just finished an episode earlier tonight with Sean Finerty, who you might have seen on The Tonight Show. And um, so go check out uh, uh, those episodes at Open on Twitter, Open Micers Podcast on Facebook, and uh, also Instagram at Open So go check out the Derek Diamond Experience and Open Micers. There's so much content that – can't even shake a stick at it i mean you could but why would you want to
1: yeah you don't want to do that
0: <laughs> so anyway anything else anything else before we leave tonight
1: no just it's good
0: to be back it's like i don't want to leave now that i got you here <laughs> <Like> <laughs> we got to, i'll never come back we got to make up for the last you know month and a half of no show with you yeah
1: <laughs> no it's after two weeks from tonight we'll be we'll be back rocking and rolling to normal so
0: having Derek back is like putting on an old pair of underwear <laughs>
1: The sad thing is, I've been compared to worse. Uh, uh,
0: And on that note, let's go ahead and get out of here. If you'd Uh, like to email us, email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Wally's going to hit me for that one. Uh, Facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro. And individually at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond. You can get it merch at ncrmerch.com. We got some really cool t-shirts and mugs and masks and computer bags. Bags and wall tapestries over there at n- ncrmerch.com. Go, go go, check it out. Um, go support us at patreon.com slash nerdcape retro where we keep the lights on because of Patreon and we do those extra episodes, extra commentary episodes every month. If you can't do that, can't, leave, can't support us, I understand. Times are tough. Leave a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. So Derek, please tell them what it's all about.
1: May the way of the hero... Lead to the trial Oh, he said it! <laughs> hey, up yours with a twirling mower.